0: The Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. I'm Richard Mead, editor of Lloyd's List. The coronavirus pandemic has left crew around the world in a precarious position. National travel bans threaten their access to ports and global industry bodies are now stepping in to ask for protection. The International Chamber of Shipping and the International Transport Workers Federation have sent a joint letter to the heads of the United Nations agencies this week, stressing the importance of seafarers in the circulation of global trade and the integrity of supply chains. It's a sentiment that's been echoed by the IMO, which has this week called for a practical and pragmatic approach to crew changeovers as the focus of the problems shift towards Europe. The basic message from those representing crew is that regardless of their nationality, seafarers should be treated as any other international key workers, such as airline crew and medical personnel. Unfortunately, that is not universally the case right now, and reports of prohibitions hitting crew are now starting to emerge. IMO Secretary-General Kitak Lim released a video statement on Thursday where he called for pragmatism and indicated that he would be urgently initiating a series of meetings with leaders from shipping, ports and other sectors to help find solutions. In these difficult times, the ability for shipping services
1: and the seafarers to deliver vital goods, including medical supply and foodstuffs, will be central to responding to eventually overcoming this pandemic. It is therefore crucially important the flow of commerce by sea should not be unnecessarily disrupted. At this time, the safety of life at sea and protection of the marine environment must also remain paramount.
0: But in the meantime, European bodies are now asking for help from the EU, from governments, as they try to keep the supply chains moving and immunise shipping from any potential COVID-19 infection. Joining me to discuss the impact that coronavirus is having on crew this week is Mark Dickinson, General Secretary of the Maritime Trade Union, Nautilus. Welcome to the podcast, Mark. Good morning, Richard. Clearly a fluid situation we're facing, but uh, this week we're hearing about uh, EU countries imposing travel bans. Queensland in Australia has, has imposed some fairly draconian prohibitions on, on crew coming in from outside of Australia this week. At the same time, we're seeing large shipping companies like Maersk suspending crew changeovers because of the virus. And all the while, we've got the uh, International Chamber in the ITF saying that, actually, we're looking at around 100,000 seafarers uh, that need to be changing every month to comply with rules and regulations. This is a very, very difficult set of scenarios for, for crew globally. Give us a flavour from your membership, what risk is, is involved, what are the issues being faced by crew and what's the general sentiment in the market right now?
1: The professionalism is 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 shining out for me amongst all this darkness that we are experiencing at the moment and that really is very, very humbling. Yes, of course, there are members who are bitterly, um, bitterly uh, upset about their the, you know the the contracts are coming to an end. They were looking forward to getting home. Uh, I've seen tweets from members' wives saying how difficult it is. The children are missing their father, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and uh, but 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 they were re- you know they're digging deep, and they're determined to do their jobs. And if you you know you didn't mention, but I'm sure it'll it'll come up the the experience on the uh, on the cruise ships, the Diamond Princess, the Westerdam, those ships that were shunted around and and kept in quarantine and locked down, um, the guys, our members, and all, all the CFRS, the crew, did an absolutely uh, fantastic and humbling job. And that's what stands out for me. The reaction from our members is, we're not happy, we don't like this situation, but it is what it is. We are not the only ones being affected by it, but we're going to carry on. We're going to do our job uh, to the best of our ability. And that's uh, that's just amazing.
0: Uh, Indeed and uh, you know I think in the assessment of the immediate impact obviously people are looking at the macro situation, people are looking at the the numbers, the figures, this is a global situation but at the heart of this you know the people keeping global trade afloat quite literally are the crew and what we saw when this first became a serious issue in uh, Asia, in China uh, was really quite disturbing. We heard about uh, crew changes it was not happening. We heard about uh, food provisions not being uh, uh, delivered to ships. Now that we're seeing that focus on Europe, are you concerned that we're going to see the same uh, tightening and, and problems for, for for crew, or do you think the industry is 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 responding globally now?
1: Well, five days ago, you if you'd have asked me that question, I would have been. Absolutely livid about what I was hearing, about what I was seeing and witnessing, with, with exactly as you described, the seafarers like 9/11. Where the problem? You know, where the security risk? So, a colleague of mine who you'll know well uh, reminded me that uh, in the 1930s, uh, MP Lady Nancy Astor uh, called upon Parliament to ask seafarers to require seafarers to wear yellow armbands um, to warn people ashore that they might be carriers of venereal disease. (laughs) So It's incredible. And it felt a bit like that. And I I know that might amaze some of your listeners that I would even suggest it. But it felt like that seafarers are the ones who are bringing the disease. Seafarers are the problem. Let's lock our ports down. Let's lock them on, keep them on the ships, prevent them from coming ashore. And, you know, what what an act of folly. And you're right. We had governments uh, announcing restrictions for for for, for seafarers and, you know, it's just an incredible uh, lack of appreciation for the crucial critical role that shipping and the seafarers who keep the ships moving uh, play. And now we're starting to see five days later, literally in that amount of time, governments rolling back as we lobby and we get together, uh, coordinate. I've been on countless. I've lost count how many calls, national, regional and international that I've been involved in video conferences and teleconferences over this week in which everybody is on the same page across the industry, um, pushing back against these draconian measures because they will just make things worse. See, there's another problem. They're part of the solution. They are key workers. I mean, we've just seen the UK government announce today in respect of the school closures, that um, transport workers and those who are keeping things moving uh, on on water, where I'm interested, of course, but other modes as well, um, are considered to be uh, key workers and their kids should be able to uh, continue to go to school if that's what they need to to do so there's we're starting to see the road back we're starting to see people to appreciate once again how important shipping and seafarers are to the national and the regional and the, and the international economy and that's mm. that's really encouraging so i'm not in the dark place i was monday it's friday afternoon and things are starting to look Better. Now, it's still tough to see for us, and I don't want anybody to think that, you know, things are easing for them, but at least there's an appreciation how important they are. And uh, if there's any silver lining to come from this cloud when we emerge on the other side of this pandemic, I'm hoping that um, that we will, we'll, you know, the governments and, and international and regional agencies will once again discover uh, and and keep within their hearts the importance that the industry and, and, and my members and other seafarers play in the life of the of the of the economy i'm also hoping sorry richard if i may just just well i'm on a bit of a flow uh, the, the degree to which the industry has come together the degree to which um politicians uh, particularly in this country are re-engaging with trade unions and seeing how important uh, we are and we have always been we have not always felt very loved uh, in recent times, um, I'm hoping that that, uh, that that collaboration and that partnership can continue into the future. Because I I did feel particularly in shipping that the social dialogue, which I'm part of, particularly in Europe, was 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 sort of running into the sand a bit. We were we were not really engaging as effectively as we could be in addressing the issues that are important. But I guess that's for another day um, when this when we're through this these dark times.
0: Mm, No, absolutely. And uh, let's hope there are some positives to take forward. But just on that issue of you describe what Kitak Lim, the Secretary General of the IMO, has uh, sort of called for a pragmatic and practical response to some of these things. Do you see any um, specific areas of of, uh, concern that still need to be addressed or are you generally getting the reports back that... We are seeing that pragmatic response where we can't get the exemptions and where there are going to be difficulties because the reality is there are going to be crunch points whatever we do.
1: There's, a, there's, um, I, I think getting getting the uh, necessary medical and, and PPE protection equipment to the ships is, is mm. seems to be a, a, a big issue, and I think we need some attention to that problem. There's some issues around some. EU directives that I was picking up in the week, which I'm hoping that, that, that the can quickly resolve with some swift intervention by the European uh, Commission. I've been one um, of a few people calling for CFRAs to be uh, tested. That might have been possibly misunderstood in terms of trying to test the world's, you know, one and a half, two million CFRAs. I can understand the logistics of that. And there's talk of testing kits being um, um, in short supply and need to be prioritized. But my problem is that if, if we want to, if we want governments to um, ex- exempt seafarers, then they need to have some confidence that they're, they're all in, in good, good shape. So um, it's a bit like this, you know, we've seen the doctors on the, on the, on the news saying, I'm, I'm in self-isolation, but if I could be tested, I might be able to get back to work and, and help fight, fight this, uh, this virus. And I feel it's a bit like that for CIFR, We We need to keep them moving. We need to keep them moving trade and the food and the medical supplies. But then people need to know that they're that they're, they're you know they don't need to isolate themselves. So it's a bit of a catch twenty two situation. So we you know that 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 is an area that needs some attention. How we can uh, how we can you know keep seafarers healthy, give them the equipment and the protection that they need, get that to the ships, mm. and then all work together. Um, concerns about job security. Um, you know we we're, our members are. Many of them are, um, many of them are self-employed effectively, you know, they, 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 they work on a consultancy basis. They, 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 they sell their words wherever they can globally. Um, then there's the, the, the bigger group of members possibly that are working for cruise ships. We've, you know, we've got uh, Princess Cruises, 18 ships laid up. We've got Saga vessels too laid up. Um, we've got Virgin Voyages delaying their launch of their services all of that's going to have a huge impact on our on our members and other seat bearers. Um, so i'm hoping that whatever measures that are, are, are brought in and we expect something from the government here in the uk at least today uh, they won't forget uh, those seat bearers. um you know sick pay there are a lot of people with concerns about sick pay we've heard news that stener have withdrawn um, the contractual um, you know enhanced company sick pay and have fallen back on statutory sick pay and um, hoping to have some discussions uh, with the company about that. That is causing some concern, as you would imagine,
0: no, I for understand. our members. So um,
1: this this is uh, this is where there are many unique factors um, that that present issues for for our members in the industry in which they work. Um, but there are many that are common to the to other workers generally, and, and we have uh, we've got to be. Uh, we've got to be all over these issues and making sure that secrets are protected as much as any other workers can be protected.
0: Um, Understood. Just finally, with uh, with all of the um, emergency measures that are being put in place and an understandable focus on the immediate issues at hand, obviously a lot of the other discussions within the industry that were ongoing are now Uh, you know if not on hiatus then certainly in the background we've seen the IMO effectively shut up shop the major meetings within the industry are now no longer happening within that obviously all of that can then be picked up at a later date but do you see any urgent issues on the horizon with the things that are currently being held to one side or or is this really just a very pragmatic response by the industry and we will just get to it eventually?
1: Oh well that's probably the most difficult question um, I've been asked because it's, it's, it's suddenly your focus narrows onto the particular issue that you've got. And all we've been thinking about um, is keeping the show on the road and dealing with the coronavirus. So, and um, my, my instinct uh, uh, is that it's exactly that. We will be pragmatic and we will pick up all of these issues um, and deal with them in, in due course. I mean, we would, you know, we, we, some of the things we've been, that were live issues in the past few few months we got the IVF wage negotiation to pick up. Um, we have got the Maritime Labour Convention amendments. The special tripartite committee meets next April, and there are deadlines for submitting amendments to that, which will be end of September from memory. Um, IMO, of course, we, we you know we're in the middle of discussions about reviewing the STCW. All of these things, as important as they are, and they have, they can have, and will have um, real impact for seafarers, particularly start talking about wages. Um, although, in this, you know, th- th- we are in a very, very difficult situation. They all feel as if with a, with that pragmatism and that renewed partnership, which I feel is emerging this week because of this crisis. I'm hoping we'll pick pick. We will be able to pick these things up and with gusto and with some speed and efficiency. We'll get them over the line as soon as we possibly get back to normal, if normal. Um, I mean, there's there's a question if normal ever is where we get back to because part of me feels as if this is when we 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 make a big 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 shift. I don't know whether we go back to normal well,
0: uh, indeed, ever again. But that's uh, probably a, a, a theme for another day, Richard. We will we will get you back on the podcast when normal arrives, if not before. But <laughs> uh, for okay. now,
1: you invite me back again before then.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mark Dickinson, General Secretary of the Maritime Trade Union Nautilus. Uh, Thank you very much for joining the List podcast.
1: Thank you, Richard. It's a pleasure.